Lindsay the crab. We have a problem. Oh no, what is it? Connection to Todd. Todd is gone. Yeah, the um... Hello everyone, and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we talk about a great character in a great story, except when we don't. And this is one of those weeks when we don't, because this is our 2017 Valentine's Day special. Yay! And we are joined by special guests. Third annual? Third, third annual. Well, I mean, we've never done it the same way <laughs> yes. twice. So we are third variation <laughs> on trying to nail the Valentine's Day special, I guess. Well, you can always do it a different way every time. Yes. And we're joined by special guest Alana. That is who you're hearing there. Yay. Returning guest. Yes. Alana. Hello, guys. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm glad to be here again. And you had previously joined us on the Life of Pi episode. Yep. I believe that is episode number 106. If any listeners want to go give that a download. Uh, so yeah, this is our third go around on trying to figure out the best way to do Valentine's Day on the Protagonist Podcast. Our first year, we tried to name the greatest love stories uh, or, or couples uh, ever. And I think we did some good ones and we both had a few misfires. I still occasionally hear back about uh, cho- choosing Orpheus and Eurydice. It's <laughs> one of mine. Still, still got a lot of fans for that one. Uh, wasn't the strongest pick. And uh, Todd, I know that you still occasionally get a, a little feedback on choosing uh, the Odyssey. <laughs> I stand by the Odyssey. <laughs> you, you really stand by Odysseus as a great love, but you know, love uh, I do. Culture has changed over time. Like back then, it was okay for guys to just sleep just around. Sleep around, especially yeah, if a god island. says, "Hey, sleep with me." You don't say no. Every island you know lands on. I, here's the thing: Odysseus was not a perfect man. He was not. <laughs> He worked his tail off to get back to Penelope. And when they get back together, that is awesome. I love the, I love the end of the Odyssey. When they're back together, that's a great love story. <laughs> yeah, I can concur with that. Mm, I still have my qualms about that pick. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we uh, second year, uh, last year, we almost got it right, I think, when we each sent each other a fictional character that we thought needed better love interest than the one they have in their story, or just a love interest because they didn't have one in their story, and we tried to find the best fictional character match. Uh, but now we've realized what we should have done is we should have been working off the same list. Yes. So last year we worked off different <laughs> lists. <laughs> and it was really hard to judge. So this year we have one character and Alana, Todd, and I will all give the best fictional character match for that fictional character. It's and sort then, of like the dating game. Yes. And then producer Andrew is going to say which one of us made the best pick and we'll have a winner at the end. And then on facebook.com slash protagonist podcast, you can tell us where we get it wrong when we decide uh, which one of these characters is best. And I would just go ahead and say the reason we invited Alana on this episode is because last year she put her list of picks for our shipping uh, in, options. In a comment on the... Yeah, yeah. In a comment on the Facebook fan page. And we both said... Well, all three of us, yeah, Andrew, too. we all said, that's a lot better than anyone else. <laughs> She's better than all of us at this game. <laughs> so we invited her on. So listeners, feel free to correct us, uh, both in our picks and also who should have won. We will see if I'm actually deserving of the title this year. <laughs> yes. Or if I just cheated by listening to everybody else's reasoning and been like, well, I can do better than that. <laughs> so. Yeah, so uh, I pieced together a 10-person list, uh, five men, five women. Or ten male, ten yes, female characters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess you should. You should. There might be a preferably say or a crab yeah. on here, and uh, we're we're gonna see uh, what happens. I believe we'll have time to get through all ten of them. I think we uh, will. 
but yeah, so each person gets uh, three potential suitors, and I am the final judge. All right, Todd, my, uh, I kind of was saying this here, uh, Alana's recording in the same room as me, producer Andrew, Todd, you're remote, just for our listeners. But before we started recording, I was saying to them, there are some that I feel very strongly, like, I've kind of nailed it. Uh, and there are quite a few where I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm going to save my pick and then we're going to listen to the better options that are shared. <laughs> um, I don't that I don't know that I have any uh, Dr. Quinn medicine woman uh, picks up my sleeve. Oh, that was your the, pick for that, that was um, a memorable one. What, okay, remind our listeners. She was paired up with uh, daredevil from, from with Matt Murdock from the Netflix daredevil. Yeah, that was, a, that was a strong pick and he needs a doctor. I think that's pretty well established in that show. Um, but because of that, I was wondering if, as we're going through, instead of just going through the the list in the order that uh, producer Andrew sent them to, uh, when it's our pick, we choose the next one we have left that we feel strongest about. <sighs> so yeah, you're um, not going in my order, but whoever goes first gets to pick whichever oh, character man. that I generated on the list. So who are you confident how... about, Todd? I don't know. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> well, we established the order. What's the, what's our order going to be? Okay. So uh, Todd, real quick, uh, do a, a rock, paper, scissors, just throw one out. And I have associated uh, each of those selections with one of you three. So whichever you pick is the person that goes first. <laughs> okay. What, uh, coin? So I don't have to count. I could, I could have gotten out the D and D dice. Yay! <laughs> no, you don't have to count. Just throw out a rock, paper, or scissors. Uh, rock. Okay, that's you. All right, Todd, you're gonna go first. What are you most conf- uh, confident about? What am I? Co- mo- okay. By, by, um, the way, by the way, just so it's clear, the order is Todd, Joe, Alana. That's how I associated the the letters. Todd couldn't see it because he's in a different city, um, so it's always gonna go Todd, Joe, Alana. That's going to happen in the first pick. And then Joe gets to pick first the next time. And Alana is the second contributor to that one. And then Alana picks her choice. It'll make sense as we go okay. along. Okay. I am picking a friend for Sebastian the Crab from The Little Mermaid. Now, here's the thing about Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian, he has one goal in life. And that is to keep Ariel in the ocean. And what does she want to do? She wants to be out on land. So we got to find a sea creature that wants to be in the ocean as badly as Sebastian does, which is why I have chosen Peach the Starfish from Finding Nemo that's stuck on the side of the aquarium glass, just staring longingly out at the ocean. Boy, if Sebastian could find her, she would never want to leave his side. She'd be so happy. So I'm going with Peach the Starfish from Finding Nemo, voiced by... uh, Alice and Janney, is that right? Is that? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it sounds know. right. I love that yeah. starfish. It's one of my favorite they, fish in Finding Nemo. I did think of her, but I was like, nah. <laughs> but. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> brutal. Brutal. That was, his, that was his most confident pick. Right? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just dismissed it. You, you, you better bring your A game then. <laughs> All right. Joseph, All right. who do you well, have I for Sebastian? Well, I just was trying to, well, well talk about it when it get to me. <laughs> All right, so in my version, when we're trying to find a good uh, relationship for Sebastian the Crab, Triton is going to do a little of his magic. If he can turn a mermaid, you know, into a human, he can turn a crab into a human, so Sebastian is now human. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the, the whole film's premise is that people can bounce back and forth between being fish-like and human-like, so okay. Sebastian, right. now okay. human. Technically, yes. And you said his whole goal is to keep Ariel in 
uh, you know, in the ocean. But for me, I was thinking more about his role as a matchmaker, someone who doesn't mind meddling and actually kind of takes some joy in meddling in other people's lives and relationships. And uh, so that led me to someone who we've actually talked about on this podcast who meddles, but ended up with someone we didn't really approve of. So I'm taking hero for much ado about nothing. Another classic matchmaker. Uh, okay. She deserves better <laughs> than <laughs> the putts that she ends up with. We really took this in different directions. <laughs> so uh, we have Sebastian and hero uh, from Sebastian from the Disney little mermaid and hero from Shakespeare's much ado about nothing. There had to be a much ado about nothing pick for you in this list. <laughs> it is my favorite I, Shakespeare play. I, has much ado about nothing come up every Valentine's <laughs> out of your mouth, Joseph? <laughs> I think I think Beatrice and Benedict were, were in your best ever. That seems probable. I'd have to go back I, and listen, but there's a lot of back catalog. I know to you it. mentioned them on the other one. I think I had Benedict I, with someone last time. Can't yeah, so was. I didn't write it I down. I lost you guys. Really. Joseph can't get enough of I can't this. hear you at all. <laughs> it is one of the best plays ever written. <laughs> Okay, and I guess it's my turn. Um, yes. The reason why I was going nah is because I really think that Sebastian, as a crab, should be able to be with a female crab. <laughs> we were all over the map on this one. <laughs> so, and finding female crabs is kind of difficult unless you already know where to find them. Like, I went to Chuck just because I wasn't sure if this particular female crab was the best one for him. And there's, like, maybe, like, one other female crab, like, in some, like fable somewhere but the person or the crab that i chose is Lindsay from gunner creek court uh she is a giant crab that um she's uh very smart she's got a phd in structural engineering um she hold on uh, just real quick for our listeners who are unfamiliar with gunner creek court we did an episode on it but maybe some have jumped on since we talked about it could you let them know what gunner creek court is um, it's about a girl named Antimony Carver who goes to a really weird school and there's like a lot of meshing between fantasy and sci-fi. Um, the school is more of a sci-fi bend and the forest is more of a fantasy bend, but anyway, like it's kind of like Harry Potter, but not really. Um, but in their ninth year, they like go to this tank where the giant crab live and she's kind of like the den mom kind of a thing. <laughs> And I think that she would actually would be a good uh, match for Sebastian after I thought about it for a while. Like, she's kind of the person that kind of, like, mellows things down a little bit. Sebastian, he, like, is worrying about, oh, no, Ariel's going to go do a stupid thing again. <laughs> and she's, like, uh, kind of, like, she's, like, mellow. She's actually an accredited couples therapist. And um, so... <laughs> Like he, I like she this can, crab. I like this crab a lot. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. And she also's got like a bit of like a passionate side of things. Um, and I think that so her and Sebastian can be like because Sebastian does have like that passionate side, like with the whole under the scene of number and just like and kiss the girl. Yeah. Um, and also, I did say she was a giant crab, but the size is not going to matter because Lindsay's canonical husband lives in a bucket. So. Wait, can on. fit in a bucket. I mean, okay, it's canon. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I actually got a crab on here. That's a female. So Way to go! That was my we were proud moment of myself. We were all over the map in what we thought <laughs> Sebastian needed. <laughs> so, uh, so what's the pick? Based on your submissions, the person who's getting to go on a date with Sebastian <laughs> will say in the uh, in the dating game. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with Peach the Starfish from All Finding right. Nemo. Oh. I thought Alana had that one. I did I, not feel confident on my, my pick. <laughs> ready, ready for a bad joke with it, though? Oh, I'm no. worried she might be a little clingy. We don't need that kind of pun. All right. One point. So, one point for Todd. I like this. This this is the dating game. You're just choosing who's going on a date, not who's a long-term soulmate or anything. Uh, Yeah, this isn't isn't married at first sight. Okay, so this is... Okay. Yeah, I like like this version. All right. I I think they are... Yeah, I think they are going to uh, build a relationship. Okay. Um, Just to get it out of the way, and I feel pretty good about my pick, uh, but in the list of characters that uh, producer Andrew sent us, there were two anthropomorphic animals that kind of made it weird to try and think of matches. Uh, one was Sebastian the Crab, and the other one is Donatello from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I'm going I'm to go ahead and The best that. Ninja Turtle, mm, Donatello. Second best behind everyone's favorite, Michelangelo. I haven't no. watched enough of it to really have uh, a favorite yet. I, be- I believe you'll find the, the order goes Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, Leonardo. How dare really? you? But those bottom two could switch around. <laughs> How dare you? All right, this is obviously... What we need I- to shelve that. For now. But one of my favorite parts about Donnie, he doesn't have any big issues with any of his brothers. Like, they're all chill with Donnie. Yeah. yeah. He, he can get along. He could have a, a, a two-person mission with any of them. It goes okay. fine. <laughs> all right. So for any listeners who aren't familiar, Donatello is the inventor of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's the brainiac of the group, and he always comes up with their gadgets. He wields the bow staff, and his color is purple. <laughs> and... It was legitimately, as I thought, what does Donatello do? He comes with the gadgets that it hit me that the perfect match for Donatello is from another classic cartoon show. I am choosing Gadget from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> oh, that's a good pick. I like that. Bit of a size difference, but good. Yes, yes. I, again, there will need to be some sort of magic portal. Well, not that... magic, it's tech. Yes. They can make a tech thing exactly. to make her giant. Yes. <laughs> Something okay. that will equalize their sizes for this date. Are you worried about Alana, what you got? any competition on their inventing? Like, it, are you, are you worried about contention? No, no. Like, this would be uh, th- their similar skill set would just bring out the best in both of them, not any petty jealousy. They, they'd create better inventions together. Like, like, if I can use a Ninja Turtles example, like Casey and Donatello fixing that truck in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Amen. That is exactly what we're talking Where about. Where they fix a truck and then they insult each other with alphabetical nicknames mm-hmm. and talk mm-hmm. about Gilligan's Island. Oh, you don't need to tell me about uh, this. Scene. I always had to uh, I always <laughs> had to cover I, had to I always had to cover my ears during that part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I believe Alana will be next. Okay. Giving Yeah. Um I am not a big Ninja Turtles fan. It was like slightly before my time when they had the best quote unquote that everyone says is the best show going on. Um, so like I watched my first episode of Ninja Turtles this week <laughs> in research for this. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for, for putting in that much work. You, you committed. Uh, but yeah. Um, I just get the feeling that he just is the kind of person that like needs a little bit of like, um, like admiration and respect and kind of like needs someone to be like bouncing their ideas Hold off on, of. Hold on, real quick, pause. I just realized something. What? Before you say yours, for any listeners who are unfamiliar with Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, we should probably explain who Gadget is. 
<laughs> she's their mechanic. She's their mechanic. She's a mouse. Yeah. So that's why we're talking about size difference. So Chip and Dale Rescue <laughs> right. Rangers was Chip and Dale from the Mickey Mouse. Cartoons. The Chipmunks. They were dressed as Magnum Pie and Indiana Jones. Pretty much. Yes. Magnum PI. Yeah. Magnum Pie. Magnum Pie. Sorry. Wait. What? It's Sorry. all come full circle. <laughs> and uh, and they had a little uh, group that helped them. There's a muscle guy, and there was mm-hmm. Monterey Jack, uh, cheese loving guy, and then there was Gadget, who did all their inventions, and she was just uh, a happy tinkerer, little mouse. So mm-hmm. I like that show. Oh, it was a good one. Okay. All right. Sorry, I just realized that might have left a few people confused. Yeah, good. To, good to make sure. Um, and so for my pick, I'm going to go with uh, Para Ventura from Schlock Mercenary. Um, she is the roboticist of uh, the mercenary company. She like builds tons of robots. Um, and Schlock Mercenary is an online comic. It is. Um, and kind of tonally playful, right? The- yeah. Um, lots of uh, things exploding. Mm-hmm. Things of that nature. Um, uh, she is like not like super fight oriented, but she can do that if she needs to. Um, she's um, like like one of the most brilliant uh, people in the place. Like I feel like she could probably use a little bit more fun in her life because <laughs> she's with all these adults who are killing people all the time. <laughs> and I feel like being with Ooh. the turtles can be like they don't kill you people all the time they just fight people all the time right yeah and yeah. step up for her yeah yeah okay. oh i just had a thought i might i might make a last oh, oh. <laughs> i'm almost oh. Do it. Andrew, i wish that i could ask you about this right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with my original my original pick. We all kind of uh, followed. But you, the, but you have a, an alternate in your mind right now. I do have an alternate in my mind right now. Um, okay, I'm going with my original. Uh, it's Felicity Smoke from Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, for essentially all of the same reasons that everyone else has stated, she is uh, she's Arrow's uh, sidekick slash girlfriend tech, tech person. She's, uh, she's fine the with tech the person. Um, see, the thing about Donatello, and I, I absolutely agree with Joseph, is that um, Donatello gets along so well with everybody that there really isn't going to be a, a problem. I can't imagine them having anything more than a friendly sort of uh, competition between, using their brains. And he doesn't need crazy. Like, Donatello, he's a pretty straight-laced guy, but he's got enough crazy in his life that he just needs, you know, a soulmate. And I think Felicity is that for him. And if it's not Felicity, can I tell you who my, who my alternate is? Let's, let's get the final I, I do have a guess at who you might be thinking of, Todd. I said, okay. let's hear who wins, um, and then uh, yeah, let's, let's hear who bring out your dad, your secondary pick. Okay. okay. I am going to pick Gadget from Chippendale Rescue. Oh. Yes. Nailed it. I liked the Felicity pick. Yeah, like like all of these picks, think, yeah. like these were picks all along the same lines. Like mm-hmm. who who is the smart person? The <laughs> yeah, the smart, uh, gadgety, inventive female mm-hmm. that you can get from uh, various different shows and media. It's a it's an archetype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so you all went for that archetype. I'm I feel like Chippendale Rescue Rangers matches the tone of Ninja Turtles. Um, I agree. The the best. And so they would be the most comfortable uh, in each or other's world. At least the Ninja Turtles is like our er, Ninja Turtles, the 1986 animated series. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Todd, what was your backup? It was the girl from uh, Firefly. 
Kaylee. Oh, Kaylee. That's Kaylee who I was Firefly. thinking of. Todd, do you know who I was thinking of when when you were vacillating? Who was it? I thought you were um, planning on Winry from Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, she would be so good too. Like you picked her. This is. I mean, we've we've stumbled on this archetype. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, more than I thought was going to be available. Okay. Yeah, Um, I felt really good when I had a gadget, and then like you all start talking like, "Oh, that one. Okay, yep, that one." But but these are all the the same Uh character in a in a way. Pretty much. In different shows. All right, Alana. Who will be our next person that we're entering into the dating game? I think I'm going to go with Eponine. so Eponine from Les Miserables, uh, she's the person that has a crush on the super hot guy Marius, but he doesn't like her back, and it makes her really sad. Oh, and it then makes she me dies. sad. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. And then she dies. Well, it's Les Mis. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, everyone dies. You've been <laughs> in for a number of these characters. Um, so... Um, but I was thinking for her, I was like trying to think of someone who would like actually like like her and like won't be just like pitying her. Um, and I decided to go uh, with Adrian Agress from the uh, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. I am unfamiliar with that. Uh, I know this oh, exists. I've heard of this. I, I, I know it been... exists, but I know nothing about tone new. or anything. I, I haven't been really familiar with anything Alana has picked so far. So, <laughs> so you you are, you know, coming up from out of a deeper well than the other guys are as far as trying to win this. Which is not it's, it's always a bad me. thing on this show, as we have found with uh, yeah, some Spanish so literature yeah, picks. Yeah, I have it's, it's harder that. for me to... You know, to know what I'm going for, to, but to poke but, a hole in it because you, you like everything yeah. you list is why it's great. And yeah. Like, oh, that sounded really good. Yeah. But it, it, and it's <laughs> very possible, and it's very possible that Joe and Todd will really drop the ball on some of these. So, okay. <laughs> Thank you for your confidence. <laughs> okay. Basically, this uh, show is um, a French. It's very anime esque, but it's they made it a kids' cartoon because reasons. They should have kept it in an anime. No. Um, but it's about two superheroes, Ladybug, um, a girl that has good luck powers, and Cat Noir, who has um, bad luck powers, and his civilian identity is Adrian Agreste. Um, and uh, this is my pick for Eponine. Like, and if you didn't notice, it's French. It's like, they speak so, the they, language. They, they, oh. No oh. language barrier for this. <laughs> I, I, I forgot oh. about the language barrier entirely. <laughs> but anyway... Um, He's the kind of guy who is, like, a really sweet guy, but he, like, has zero friends. Okay, technically he has one friend, but she's a horrible friend. But he is <laughs> so, so, he's such in lack of friends that he will make friends with everybody he can actually run into. And I think that he really would, like, if he met her, would be like, oh, my gosh, you're an actual person. Yay. And once he, but then once he, like, gets to know her, though, he, like, really, like, fall in love with her because the thing that gets him is bravery and Beponine miss I'm going to go to the barricade and mm-hmm. fight there. She would like make him go googly eyes like, like that. It, <laughs> like this guy falls for that so freaking hard. <laughs> it's like not even funny. Does, does he like convey bad luck with him um, to other people? Because uh, she does not need more of that. She does um, not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He, it's like more of like a weapon type thing. Like he can okay. like destroy he stuff chooses. and she can create a thing. It's okay, kind gotcha. of like it's a, a creation a, destruction, but like the theme of a ladybug is good luck and 
black cat is bad luck. Gotcha. So, so he, he is intentional with his, his use of it. Yes. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Like the only really bad luck thing going on is in the series. Uh, he, he's in a two person love square. <laughs> <laughs> like he loves the girl's uh, superhero identity and she loves the guy's civilian identity and they don't uh, know who each other is. Oh. <laughs> it is. It is insane. <laughs> this okay. thing. Gotcha. They haven't figured it out yet and it's making the fandom cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, uh, Todd. Okay, so Eponine, the thing that Eponine needs most of all, she just needs to get out of Paris. She's got to get out of that situation. That grimy, mucky city with all those horrible people around her. What she needs to do is get herself in to a Louis L'Amour novel, is what needs to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, pristine, and clean. Classic Louis L'Amour. One of the great Louis L'Amour novels is called Bendigo Shafter, and it's just, it's like a frontier um, story about a guy building a home out in the woods. And it's like, you know, he finds the land and he clears it and he builds a little cabin for himself. And he's, he's just like the, this gentle giant of a man. And I think Eponine would be so happy just out with Bendigo Shafter out in the woods, no Tenardiers, no Marius to worry about, no other woman to steal her man. <laughs> Just her and Bendigo Shafter building a building a house in the woods, breathing clean air. I mean, she's already said that a little a little fall of rain doesn't doesn't hurt her. She doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't bother her. She's okay. <laughs> she's tough. She's courageous. I think uh, I think I found the perfect place for her. Joseph, what do you what do you got? Okay, I I'm having. A moral conundrum right now. <laughs> a moral conundrum. Does your pick not speak French? Well, no, that's, that's, uh, that's not a moral. That's a linguistic conundrum. <laughs> I'm having a moral one because I had thought of one, and then my wife suggested one. Oh, <laughs> when did she suggest it? Last night when she was asking who was in our okay, I, and I so okay. should I do my wife's pick or my pick? Or should I do my pick? And then at the end, I'll say my wife's pick and you'll say, oh, she won that round. But um, uh, no point awarded. I know I, what I would do if I were you. <laughs> I I don't know what pick is which. Uh-huh. So you can convey whoever you wish. All right. For the sake of having an honest victory, I'm going to do my pick, but then I'll tell you who my wife said. Okay. okay. So so it is possible for yeah. Joseph's wife, Emily, to get a point yeah. in this yeah. game. Okay, yeah. Let's go ahead and say she could win one point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and not lose it, you know, not lose a single round. All right. So Eponine, we know that she kind of likes a rebellious uh, boy. She likes... Uh, was Marius that rebellious? Well, technically, he well, was a okay, rebel okay, at the barricade. Yeah, yeah, but he was literally at the barricade a, a, in active a rebel- rebellion against a revolutionary. Him. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, obviously, she has some understanding of class issues and some current concerns there. So, my match for her, the person I think she'd want to go on a date with right now, since we're doing the dating game, uh, would be Jack Kelly from Newsies. <laughs> oh. Uh, and I think... He would also have what she needs in that he's um he's not as so, so he meets uh the sister, right? The Yeah. But it's not like he's instantly head over heels and there's no other, you know, thing thought in his head. 
she needs that because Marius <laughs> got a little too committed a little too fast into another relationship. One, one track mind. Yes, exactly. Uh, and he's still like balancing his love for Santa Fe, his uh, leadership of the doozies and his attraction to the, so he's, he's less of the one track mind uh, yeah. than Marius. And I think she needs someone who can maybe have a little <laughs> more balance. So you want somebody who's more distracted and less able to focus on her. Yeah, well, the issue is that uh, Mary's never focused well, on her quite yeah, the way more, she wanted. More like capable of multiple focuses. Yes. Or, or focus. Can, can I also say in defense of uh, Bendigo Shafter, he doesn't speak really to anybody ever. <laughs> and so the language barrier is not going to be a problem. <laughs> He's just a quiet, He's just a quiet okay. guy out building his thing. He has, his, he has an axe uh, and, and he builds a house. All right. Uh, well, just real quick now, my wife's pick uh, okay. is not going to have the language barrier because it's coming from a French novel. She picked uh, Edmond Dante from The Count oh. of Monte Cristo. And her reasoning was, I'm going to uh, pull this up, uh, they both were dealing with some unrequited love issues yes. <laughs> in their lifetimes. Uh, he would understand life being pulled out from under you <laughs> and yes. things not going according to the plan that you had laid out. I think he would see her strength or she, my wife's saying he would instantly recognize her strength uh, and, and be attracted to that. And she would um, help him to be able to balance maybe some issues of uh, sacrifice and revenge that dominated <laughs> his life. She might be able to help him. You know, in, in some ways, this is a match that they need each other more than he's just yes. right for her. Okay. All right, Andrew. I, I really like Canna Monte Cristo. Like, it's, it's one of my favorites books. Not, I'm not worried about the the yeah. character right now. I just really like Count of Monte Cristo. It, it's on our to get to list for the protagonist um, podcast. Long book. It would be a though. very long time to get through that one. I am giving this one to Todd. All right. I feel that ben, is a shocking uh, upset. Benigo Shafter, or or I don't know how to say that I, name. I was yes, not really it. clear. I think you're entering yourself into kind of uh, last year's situation where you didn't recognize the brilliance of my Pride and Prejudice <laughs> pick for. <laughs> For uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Come on, Chet Noir is totally um, going to love her. <laughs> yeah, like the, the right. problem I'm really having is between Alana and Emily for second place on that one. I think I, both ooh. of mine are better than Todd's. <laughs> <laughs> By both of mine, I mean both mine, both and, mine and my wife. <laughs> she is um, you and you are. Right, I'm up, but I'm I do up really like yes. the idea of, uh, of uh, Edmund and Eponine helping each other uh, deal with their problems. Eponine's, which led to her death, and Edmund just really needs to let go of some stuff. Uh, led to a lot of other death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he... Oh, hmm. Okay, he so... He could have done a little better in the outcomes of everything. Who are we up to out. now? Uh, Todd again. And Todd, our current point standing. Uh, two for Todd, one for Jill. Okay. I'm doing horrible. I thought I was going to do better. Well, there's oh, still, it's early. There's, there's still there, seven there picks. Often, you can feel comfortable in the lead, and then there's a late run that just takes it out from under you. <laughs> I wanted an insurmountable lead. <laughs> okay, I am going with uh, the, our next en- entrant into the contest is Mother Gothel from Tangled. Okay. So this was this was kind of a challenge for me. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure what direction to go with this. Then I was thinking, what does Mother Gothel really want? She wants everlasting youthfulness and long life. And who better to give that to her than Nicholas Flamel (laughs) from any number of of stories? We could take uh, history. 
from history and war. Yeah, the alchemist Nicholas Flamel, mm-hmm. who reportedly discovered the philosopher's stone, the sorcerer's stone, and uh, and and was able to achieve everlasting life. So Mother Gothel, I can't imagine her being happier with anybody else. <laughs> oh. oh, Todd, I can. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you probably can, but uh, that's uh, my pick, and I'm sticking with it. Nicholas Flamel. Mine was – well, I had a similar mindset. Like the she's a horrible person uh, who just wants to live forever, and she doesn't care who she hurts in the process. And I thought of someone who had similar motivations, and I thought they could be miserable together, but it would be a weird sort of happiness amongst <laughs> each other. M- misery loves company. Yes. Uh, and so I chose Dorian Gray from the portrait Ooh. of Dorian Gray. Another man I still need to read that one. Striving for longevity and really steamrolling every relationship in his <laughs> life in order to obtain it. Uh, and I think Mother Gothel and uh, they'd at least on the date, they'd have a lot to talk about since this is the dating <laughs> name. Uh, and if any sort of relationship formed, I think there would be a grudging admiration for the methods that each one has chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with extreme vanity yes uh any listeners who are unfamiliar uh portrait of dorian gray is uh an oscar wilde novel his only novel i think uh, that he wrote uh where there's a man who uh his portrait is painted uh, in his youth uh and then through i can't I remember exactly how this happens my understanding's always just been it happens it, it, it happens yeah. it. the the situation is this that yeah like because of the conversation that happens as they are painting it the painting ages and he stays youthful forever and as he realizes this like at first he's kind of seeking out love but then he kind of realizes you know what I can just in, engage in any vice and his body never shows any wear and tear. So like any yes, drugs it's, it's that he's all doing shown into the painting. Yeah. The painting ages and, and breaks down. Uh, and then in the end, like he's so tired of his sin filled life that he's, he attacks the painting and then the painting becomes youthful again. And he dies a wretched man right there at the, now, at the wow. bottom of the painting. I, my, I think the, like the pop culture understanding is that he can't look at the painting. If he does, he'll, He'll transform. I don't He'll remember trade. that. But that I might have, that no might have just been adapted into other things. It might not be from the original. I, I, I think there's like pain that he feels when he looks at it because of like, okay. it, that's like a reminder. Because I always kind of wondered like, he sees all of his vices on display right there. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of wondered like, how, like, how do you find that out? And I'm pretty <laughs> it's, like, sure. it's like, oh, if I look at it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but yeah. you can only do that once. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure in the novel, he stabs the painting with a knife that he already used for another murder. Wow. Right. I have not read this. It's uh it's good. We should we should talk about it sometime. We All right. should put it so, on the list. Dorian Gray, uh from Mother Gothel. That's a good pick. Alright. Um I have a slightly different take on Mother Gothel. Like I think that like deep down she just wants someone to love. Like just like her birth concern obviously is uh being immortal and continuing to live life. Uh, but she just wants like someone who kind of like gets her and who's kind of with her. Cause remember how she's uh, like, let's Rapunzel heal uh, Flynn slash Eugene because uh, he, she Rapunzel was like, I will stay with you and like continue to be your daughter kind of a thing. So he kind of, she kind of does want that deep down, but she, her priorities is still number one, have immortality. So I picked someone who already has immortalities um, and I picked uh, Hades from Disney's Hercules. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I, I like all of these picks but, for this. Yeah. One. This this might be yeah. my like favorite uh, setup 
Yeah, I just they feel like they would be like snarking a little bit at each other, but oh, yeah. and kind of like taking him down a peg when they need it because both of them can get like a little melodramatic at times and to be like, okay, take it down a peg. But I think they're like there'd be but, snark, but also they would sometimes and on purpose go too far with the other one and like really hurt the other one and kind of enjoy hurting the other. <laughs> <laughs> but they would still like I feel like deep down they would still go yeah, back to yeah. each other. But the, but yeah, the, I think there'd just be. Oh, I like the idea of those two. Like they, they wouldn't have, you, there wouldn't you know be a, a genre barrier. No, there yeah. would not. They're both Disney uh, characters. And, they, and there is that theory that the drop of flower is like Hercules when he was t- taken as an infant. Oh. It's a weird thing that I found on the internet one time. Okay. <laughs> so um, theoretically, they could be in the same universe. Time maybe. frames don't quite line well, up. They're, they're, they're both immortals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No time for um, issues. Oh, it's true. She was uh, using the flower for years. Um, I like it. I'm going with Hades. Yay! Oh, right. wins this round. I think there's a lot of good banter to be had. Yeah, that, that one, I mean, that was a really satisfying round to think about. Uh, but that's the one I'm... I'm putting on top here like but boy is this one like a really satisfying round i'm i'm happy with how you all did for mother gothel you know i think we may be forgetting a key step just the name isn't said very often so if any listeners were confused mother gothel is rapunzel's mother most famously her 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 wicked mother wicked mother entangled uh well i mean also in the fairy tale it's mother gothel but yes I, I think we we just always need to remember to do a little more table setting on these games as we throw them out there. Nah. Well, this one I think is going to be pretty. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Grumpy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs as the next uh, pick. We had to find I hated Snow this White and one. Seven Dwarfs. This was a bit Dwarfs. hard for me too. Yeah. This was impossible for me. Okay, can I can I do some table setting on this one? Yeah, tell go us about it. Grumpy for a minute. So, uh, as as you will know from the announcement last week, my wife and I are currently working on a podcast, which is going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. Uh, You can find it in iTunes. It is probably, I haven't gotten the feed set up as of this recording, but it's probably uh, listed as Disney Animation Minute Essentials. So we've spent some time talking about Grumpy. And out of all the dwarves, he's the most Mm well-rounded. And so he's the one that we we think could actually kind of get something out of a relationship. The others are one note. Mm -hmm. Whereas Grumpy has this, Greater, yeah, a greater complexity and a, a spectrum of different kinds of grumpy. <laughs> right, but but there's a kind of underlying grumpiness to all of them. Yes, right? yeah, even when he's happy, he's grumpy. Yeah. Even when he's sleepy, he's grumpy. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's why I was thinking about it. Um, please also go check out the other podcast, Disney Animation Minute Essentials. Yeah, so for grumpy, um, you need someone who can handle a man who's just going to be uh, you know, have an edge to him at all times. He's going to be, there's going to be a lot of unhappiness. Uh, that's there's be, a, at his least, resting state is going to be grumpy. At least a simmering. Yes. And as I started thinking, who can handle that and maybe even revel in it a little bit? I thought of a couple that we'd seen in another film, another film that we have discussed. And so I'm taking Valerie from The Princess Bride, who is Mad Max's <laughs> wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think she could handle Grumpy's grumpiness. And give it right back to him in a way that they're like from the outside looking in, you'd think that's the unhappiest couple ever. But at the same time, occasionally there'd be these glimmers of like, but they're enjoying themselves doing this. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they enjoy their <laughs> what 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 appears to be just liar. <laughs> <laughs> I like the word simmering, simmering unhappiness. But there's there's actually something there that they're both getting out of it. Hmm. I 
I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, but is it as good as Ma? We'll find out. Um, the- I think Alana, it's you're next. Yeah, okay. it's me that's next. Um, and I was thinking about this, and it's like, who would be cool with this bald, unconventionally uh, sort of looking uh, man? Um, but we also see him, he is like attracted to a woman who is like conventionally beautiful. Um, and thinking about this, I was like, you know what? Roxanne Ritchie from Megamind, <laughs> who falls in love with this guy who's blue and bald. Um, and she's like, like she kind of like could fill that damsel in distress role that because mm-hmm. Grumpy is like the first one in line to go save Snow White when he needs mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but at the same time, like she can be like she can like save herself if she really has to. So Megamind is the DreamWorks is it, it was DreamWorks, right? DreamWorks uh, yeah, animated so. film. Will Will Ferrell was a supervillain uh, who kind of ends up helping out. Yeah, it's it's one of it. I'd say one of the better recent uh, deconstructions of the superhero mm-hmm. genre. Yeah. I agree. Um, but yeah, um, and she would be able to see Grumpy's softer side that he mm-hmm. like doesn't really want to show everybody all the time. But she, like she like judges people on their actions, and she can tolerate the fact that it's not always the softer side. Yeah. 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 I like that pick. I like I like that pick a lot. <laughs> that might be the front runner right now. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know if I liked it that much. <laughs> Myself. Okay. All right, Todd. I can totally blow this out of my lower mind. Okay, so I really, really struggled with this. And <laughs> uh, I ended up, in the end, I went with <laughs> Grumpy's Complete and Polar Opposite. Uh, but somebody who is... Actually, maybe not so distant from uh, Snow White herself, who we know Grumpy loves. Uh, this is Pollyanna, played by Hel- <laughs> Haley Mills from the film Pollyanna. She we, <laughs> she just is uh, a bundle of joy. A bundle of joy. And There's no cynicism in Pollyanna. None at all. No, and naive she would joy, be, or she would just be happy. Yeah. I mean, she's just happy with with Grumpy. And she would she would say, oh, you know, come on, Grumpy, let's uh, let's think of something happy. And he would grumble about it, and she would uh, laugh and find something great in the situation, and uh, and play the 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 glad game that she plays that she loves to play. I'm I'm sure Grumpy would hate it, uh, <laughs> and uh, but he would love her, and because because uh, she's sweet, and and he he likes that. So Pollyanna, uh, played by Haley Mills from the film Pollyanna, and she's kind of small like he is. <laughs> I do not envy your choices right now. We got some solid picks here. I know this one's really. <laughs> I, you guys have, I think, gotten better and better with every pick, which is contrary to the order in which you've been supposedly picking them. <laughs> we'll play with our greatest confidence first. Um, oh man, I'm. Oh, right, here. No, I, I, I wait. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Well, wait. I was going to propose. If you're having that much trouble, we could each. There's three of us that participated. We each have to pick one, but not our own, and see if that breaks tie. Um, who? I'm willing. Uh, all right, I'll take that. Okay, uh, so who? Joseph, you were the first one okay. in this and round. And everyone so. lock in your choice right now. You can't alter it for, you know, yeah. political reasons. Um, as I you hear <laughs> the votes coming out. <laughs> I've got my finger on the thing because I'm right. I'm going to pick... Uh, Alana's because I, I think Todd, you said something that was a little key to me where you said grumpy would hate it, but he'd love her. But I think there'd be a lot of, I mean, it's grumpy, but I, I, yeah. So I'm going to go with Alana's pick on that one. 
and I'm going to go with Pollyanna. I, so, okay. yeah. That's, that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's just like, like she just like, uh, I just feel like she would like kind of get grumpy to be like slightly happier over time. I just time. love the fact that we're having to debate between Pollyanna <laughs> and Mad Max's wife from The Princess Bride. <laughs> like two polar opposites of, of people. And uh, cross my heart. I my vote was for uh, Joe's Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> so you made it. So it doesn't help at all. <laughs> You've made it none the easier. So Andrew, uh, what's your pick? Uh, I am also gonna go with Alana's pick oh, of yeah, Roxanne yeah, Ritchie yeah. from from Mega Mind. You know I can't be upset about losing any of these ones. These have all been great picks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it it may in part be because I have a greater familiarity with Mega Mind than Pollyanna. Uh, so it, it could have just been that maybe if I had seen Pollyanna, it would have, uh, tipped it a little more in your favor, Todd, but I'm, I'm satisfied with this pick, but it, it is a tough one. And I am surprised how happy I think grumpy would be in any of these situations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who's up now? Is it uh, Alana? That's yeah, one. it's an Alana. Cause okay. Joseph started last okay. one. So, um, let's go Jessica Fletcher. Okay. From from Murder She Wrote, um, uh, featured character on this podcast. So, uh, what episode was that? Was like sixty something? I don't know. I don't remember. But wow. it's Angela Lansbury solving murders and being a mystery writer on the side. Well, <laughs> depending on which one you want to say is primary <laughs> to her identity. It's true, <laughs> detective or writer. And uh, for this one, it took me a long time to kind of figure out this one, but I kind of narrowed it to. Uncle Iroh from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, I like Uncle Iroh. Iroh's yeah. great. Yeah, was, I'm unfamiliar with Iroh. Iroh's we talked great. about Avatar: The Last you, Airbender once, no, but he was in. He, he was, was in, in, in the episode. episode. He, okay. He's uh, the old uncle, the old wise uncle. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like I forgot to mention this when I was a guest last time, but he would have been the waiter at all three of my various uh, <laughs> fantasy uh, dinner parties. <laughs> but he is like. Uh, super good with conversation and like he's can like like he could be like very like deep or very um surface level like he can talk about anything really but he's uh the sort of guy who is very like observant like he like watches waterbenders even though he's a firebender Mm -hmm. and it's like a totally not his culture he's like so he kind of like gets notices things so that would be helpful to like someone who solves mysteries and whatnot and like if like any time a mystery went wrong, he would be there to kind of like either like fight his way out because he's a firebender or he can like deescalate it like that one time where he's like, dude, your knife, you're holding that knife all around. What's that stance? <laughs> oh. but then, <laughs> and he's just like very good at like kind of like t- making things get down to like a more uh happy or at least calmer level mm-hmm. but he can still like bring a lot of joy into her life i think okay uh todd he values what, what, what do you have for jessica fletcher so when i was a kid uh well my dad I've, I've mentioned on this podcast that my dad was a big perry mason fan uh but another show that he really really liked uh was diagnosis murder uh, in which Dick Van Dyke, right? Dick Van Dyke plays uh, the role of a an examiner, a medical examiner who solves crimes. His name is Doctor Mark Sloan, and I just can't imagine like it would bring me so much joy to see 
the crossover in which Angela Lansbury hooks up with Dick Van Dyke and they solve murders together. It would just be like paradise. It would be so great. It sounds supremely charming. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He, and he is just, he is just this charming Dick Van Dyke guy, but he's a medical examiner and he solves mysteries. And I'm, uh, the more that I think about this, the more I love it. Okay, so last year, you had to find a match for Daredevil, and once you said Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, I was like, oh, well, I've lost this round. I just kind of had that same feeling right now. <laughs> when you said Dick Van Dyke and Angela Lansbury solving murders, as they both did on a very pop- popular TV shows in the 80s and 90s, I think is when mm-hmm. both those were going. Yeah. Um, mine, I... I was thinking about it and then a thought came and then I couldn't get the thought out of my head. And I don't know that it's the right answer, but I couldn't think of anything else once I thought of this. And it was uh, a writer who helps solve murders. Well, obviously she would get along great with a, you know, just post life with Sherlock Holmes, John Watson. (laughs) (laughs) Which John Watson? Which one? I was not... (laughs) <laughs> Again, the thought came and I couldn't get anything else out. And I didn't really work through if I'm talking Martin Freeman, if I'm talking... I, I don't know. I don't I, I just lean towards the Jude Law. But Jude Law. I'm, <laughs> if you're leaning that way, I'm leaning towards Jude Law. Uh, that's exactly what I was, I was keeping on my head. But uh, it's Watson is what I had. You know, he's a writer. He sells murder. I think they get along just great. And they keep doing exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> It's, it, this was not the hardest choice of the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, uh, Todd, you're you're up. Again, can we get a quick? Uh, I don't know that I want to hear. Uh, but give uh, us a quick uh, point. A quick count. Uh, Todd has three. Alana's got two, and Joseph has one. Interesting. All right. <laughs> and that that Joseph has one O N E, not one W O N. Oh, I see. And there are four remaining contestants. Okay, uh, so I'm up? Yes. All right. Uh, our next entrant is Alfred Pennyworth, who is Batman's butler, Bruce Wayne's butler, yeah. and Batman's sidekick. And I call him Batman's butler, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the same. Well, guy. right. Uh, okay, so Batman's butler, Bruce Wayne's butler, uh, British, um, polished, uh, but also willing to, uh, to enable people who are interested in he solving crime. Perhaps the greatest enabler of all literature. Of self-destructive behavior. <laughs> so uh, this, this actually goes possibly directly against my previous pick, but I'm picking Jessica Fletcher from <laughs> Murder, She Wrote for Alfred Pennyworth. I think they would be fantastic together. Okay. It did cross my mind when I was thinking about these. All right. We have an unprecedented wow. event, Todd. I'm going to slide my pick over to Andrew, and he will read this off out yes, loud. Yes, you did it. <laughs> Joseph's paper says Alfred Pennyworth hyphen Jessica Fletcher. Nice. <laughs> Neither of you had the guts to to pick Alfred for Jessica Fletcher. No, but you both picked no, her. I was him. I was going to I was going to, and then I remembered that when I doubled down on my pick uh, in our last thing on uh, White Christmas, uh, it came back to bite me. <laughs> Christmas. And so I thought I think you just... you triple down on your 
on your white. No, I only Christmas. did two. I only did two white Christmas uh, pitches. Uh, but no, I think Jessica Fletcher is a great pick, and Alfred Pennyworth would solve every cry, every murder ever together, and they would do it with such style. And yes, oh, they, yes. Can you imagine the repartee that those two would have? Oh man! Oh, it's the only thing that would be better is Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I've got another one. I didn't actually pick it for mine. I thought about it, but I did not pick her. So do you want to hear what mine well, is? Yeah, you yeah. guys both have the exact same uh-huh. thing, unless you want to be like, what's your reasoning? What's, who has better reasoning? Or do you have anything think? to add? Well, I, this is the right choice, obviously. It's Alfred <laughs> and Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> oh, you but let's, let's hear what else yeah, we have. Let's... Okay, hold on. Okay. Challenge. Okay. But we do need definitely need someone who can keep up with this guy who is helping Batman to solve crimes. The person who can uh, wrangle in Batman. Uh, the person that who wrangles in wrangle in Batman. I thought about it and I just thought about this one character and I was like, I have to pick this one. This character was actually invented on this very podcast in episode 105. The Mrs. Claus from Joe's Walk Shop version of Chasing Christmas. The, the uh, Meryl Streep. The Mer- Meryl, Meryl Street, Street Mrs. As a French Interpol agent. Who uses the naughty nice list to solve crime. Naughty- <laughs> I mean, think about it. They both are solving crimes over the world. They, wow. And, of course, you can join my Santa Claus rules. <laughs> that will make Alfred Santa Claus. And I think you could handle it, wouldn't he? Mm. <laughs> oh boy! If anyone can handle being Santa, <laughs> can. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, unfortunately, this 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 round is null. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> it's like, two people picked the same person, and then Alana picked a, a protagonist creation. Like this. this it's, 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 it's a non-winner. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Are you serious? I can't give this to any one person. I, well, Todd, if you picked Jessica Fletcher, what would happen? And, you know, yeah, and then and then it's both of you. If I pick Alana, that's really just it's congratulating for, us. Yeah, for our workshopping of the Mrs. Um, Claus character. Again, so, listeners, that's from uh, our 2016 Christmas special, if you're curious about that interpretation of Mrs. Claus. Oh, <laughs> man. Poor Alfred. He'll never find love. <laughs> Because I can't set him up on any of these dates. Do have him like be with both of them at the same time. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's wait, wait, wait? It's Alfred. He can be two people at once. He's seen Batman do it for years. <laughs> Why not have us all get a point instead of no point awarded? Okay. <laughs> Everyone gets a point. Yes. So standings yeah. remain basically the same. But... Wow. But everyone has one more point than they had. <laughs> all right. Is it, is it my turn? Um, because Todd just took that one? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm going to be taking Tori Scott is the character oh, that we're God. trying to match with. This was hard, too. All right. So, <laughs> listeners, if you're unfamiliar, there was a show that was very definitive in my adolescence called... <laughs> Saved by the Bell. And Saved by the Bell had a core cast cast of characters that was unchanged until 12 or 10 episodes. Well, what? except for the uh, 
the early oh, well, there the, was a the very early save by pre- the bell. It was uh, our Miss Bliss, Haley Mills. Good morning, yeah. Uh, what is it? Good morning, Miss Bliss. Good morning, Miss Bliss. Yeah. Which had Haley Mills, another four, Haley Mills uh, appearance. In characters, I think. Yes. and then two of them got swapped out. But there's this core group from Saved by the Bell, where you have Zach and Slater and Screech and uh, Jesse and Jesse Lisa, and, and, yeah, and Kelly, Lisa and Kelly, and Kelly Kapowski was. I'm going to go ahead and say that was my, like my first like crush, like like when you're like wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, it was Kelly. I, I concur <laughs> as you know an adolescent boy watching the show it's like that is a very attractive woman i think i think that was the purpose of her character it's like this is going to be the first crush for everyone who watches it um and but then in the so that so it was their high school years there were four of them but then in the fourth season and we were just researching this double check halfway through the fourth season uh which i'm guessing they must have filmed this in two chunks because um kelly kapowski and uh jesse spano left the show and Tori, what was her last name? Scott. Scott. Scott appeared. And so there are these, I, I want to say it's 10 Tori Scott episodes. There, there are 10 and only 10 Tori Scott episodes. That exist. And she is not mentioned outside of the episode she exists in. Right. Ever. And in the episodes that she appears in, this is still supposed to be their senior year. I don't know if it's supposed to be like an A, B schedule day where <laughs> all of a sudden Kelly and Jesse are taking classes on the other side of the school for those episodes. Which the school <laughs> only had one hallway. <laughs> That's true. It's an alternate universe. But uh, because she took away... Kelly Kapowski, I never enjoyed the Tory Scott episodes quite as much as the other ones. <laughs> and that led to some of my thinking on this. So Tori Scott, as a character, she was kind of this tough girl. She wore a leather jacket. She rode a motor- motorcycle to school. She parked in Zach's spot. Yeah. And so uh, I, I've pegged her as being kind of into the performance of being tough. Tough. And very like wanting to put on the show of of this rebelliousness and you know this, this being the bad the bad girl, uh, but her presence also signaled the departure of a beloved character, and that made me think, well, her best match would be Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Per- performative uh, performative villainy uh, toughness uh, but also signaling the departure of a beloved character from a franchise <laughs> <laughs> works on so many different levels <laughs> okay so Kylo Ren is my pick uh, Alana what do you have Alana okay um I just I, I never watched this show because I oh wait like, hold on I, I, I forgot I forgot to do our t- table setting Kylo Ren is the villain in Star Wars The Force Awakens <laughs> Uh, if, if anyone has not watched that, who's listening to this podcast, and I can we will imagine not, and that the diagram is very large, uh, you know, the outside. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I only watched her introductory episode for, for, for just to get an idea of who she is because I had no clue before this week. You didn't, you didn't see the entire character arc of her <laughs> 10 episode non-sequential stint on Saved by the Bell. We, we found out they aired the episodes with her, uh, alternating with episodes without her. <laughs> Yeah, we were just double-checking this before we recorded. And so you'd have a Tori episode and then a, a Kelly and Lisa episode. Uh, Jesse. Or Kelly and Jesse, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, I from that one episode, her introductory episode, like, like I got the feel that she was kind of had, like, like, an aesthetic towards, like, the leather and the poofy hair. But, like, her actual actions, most of the time, they're, like, all, like, they're not, like, that bad, like. Parking in someone else's spot, especially if you're the, it's your first day, it's like an unmarked <laughs> yes, spot. <laughs> yes, that's like that is not hardcore girl at all. She's like definitely got like that sweeter side, but she doesn't really want to have to like uh, 
like change herself very much. She we shouldn't have her be like changing herself. And just looking at her, I was just like Danny Zuko from Greece. <laughs> like okay. he is the kind of guy who is like absolutely into the her aesthetic going on, but he also has that sweet side where mm-hmm. he's like trying to like. Like he appreciates the good girl qualities, but he's not going to change her at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with him. Except, isn't that exactly what he did in Greece? Was made a girl change? Mm, well, <laughs> um, I like by the end of it though, he was like, "No, I shouldn't make her change." And he was going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to be the upstanding guy." But okay. by that point, she had coincidentally decided, "I'm going to go be the bad guy, bad girl." Mm. And ships in the night. <laughs> 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 Okay, I got it. Got it. So we have Kylo Ren and Danny Zuko. Todd, what 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 have you got? So I have absolutely no memory of Tori Scott from watching <laughs> Saved by the Bell. I must have just missed the last season. Um, and so my whole everything I know about Tori Scott, I learned by watching a video on YouTube, which is uh, the song "Bad Reputation." I totally saw that <laughs> one too. I was looking for this. <laughs> It's a bad reputation and a bunch of clips of of uh, Tori being um, uh, a rebel, uh, <laughs> and so I matched her up with Dally from The Outsiders, <laughs> who is also into toughness and appearance and leather jackets and motorcycles. I think they would get along swimmingly. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I see all these picks. I mean, not as much as the Kylo Ren one. That was. <laughs> Stroke of genius, but okay. I like both. I, I just need to make sure. Dally was the one that uh, helped them get to the church. Derry was the oldest brother, right? Yeah, Dally okay. is the one. I don't who want to get those two. Dally's the one. The, I, the, the Dally that I'm imagining is not the one that, that it, it, at the very end uh, who has something momentous happen to him, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, but something, but the, the Dally from much earlier, who's just gotten out of jail, and they're at the they're at the movie the-, the the drive-in, and he goes up to Cherry and what's the other girl's name? I don't know. The two girls, and he's like flirting with them, and and they're kind of into him because he's because okay. he's a uh, dangerous and uh, rebellious, and he uh, extremely attractive. And okay. I think I think Tori would totally be into that. Um, you know, for the first time in a while, Joseph's gonna win this one with <laughs> Kylo Ren. I thought, my, I thought my explanation was pretty spot on. I, I was gonna say, if this were real life, I like my pick, but I love Joe's pick. <laughs> I, I don't like, agree with the, that one the, at all. The thing I'm, I'm picturing <laughs> best is um, is Tori displaying, you know, her softer side after Kylo Ren has had one of his tantrums, <laughs> just like oh, rubbing geez. him between the shoulder blades, <laughs> like, "Hey, hey, it's okay. You're bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna be as bad as my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> you will be. You will be." <laughs> That is so fun to think about. Okay. Um, all right, there there are uh, two people left. All right, we so. probably got to go pretty quick on yeah, these let's, ones. Let's uh, move along. Uh, I think who's who's up to pick? Uh, I just chose Tori, so it would be uh, Alana. Alana. So you you have two. And to we're, we're down to our dregs, so my explanations are going to be briefer on these ones because I do not feel very confident <laughs> in my picks for these last two characters. Um, let's uh, get rid of Nami from One Piece. <laughs> All right. Get rid of him. He's one of my favorite ones. What are you guys talking about? 
This was one of the hardest for me to find a match for. Yeah. She um, don't need no man. <laughs> yeah. I actually kind of ended up going with a vibe similar to Joseph's wife on that earlier episode. So I'm picking Edmund Dantes. Okay. <laughs> so like he's a sailor, so he will totally fit in on the boat. Uh, and he's like the kind of guy who uh, isn't like going to like outshine her abilities, but he can still like hold his own because these people get into insane, insane fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... Like, like. Also, he's got tons and tons of money. So she's she the kind of person money. who loves money. <laughs> so he just can like fund her for the rest of her life if she needs to. If, but if she still wants to steal money, she can because mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't care. <laughs> Don't worry, baby. If you want to keep stealing money, that's it. <laughs> I've got some strategies. <laughs> um, like, and they've also got like some traumatic backstories, and they can like mm-hmm. support yeah. each other there. So, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. Uh, Todd, what what have you got for Nami? I really also um, I struggled and struggled and struggled with this until... Oh, listeners, for an explanation cool. of Nami, you just need to go back and listen to our episode on Nami. From, on this, from One Piece. Like, there's just too much backstory to try and table set briefly. Yeah. She, so, uh, she loves money, and she's a pirate. And she's really independent until she just needs help this one time, and she asks for it, and then everyone is immediately at her side to help mm-hmm. her. Because but they, but they, she's awesome. But they wait until she, asked she legitimately asks. Yeah. Nobody takes care of it for her. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just finished watching um, on Netflix an anime series called Sword Art Online. I've heard of this one. And my pick for Nami is Kazuto, who is the, the main character from that. He is uh, in the anime uh, universe. Which means there won't be a genre that that awkward genre barrier that there may be with some of these characters, uh, and he is—he's uh, a fighter. He's kind of a rebel. Uh, he is incredibly loyal to the woman that he loves, and uh, I think that he and Nami could do great things together. Okay. Okay. All right. My pick is someone who, uh, like, I was thinking about this. I don't think Nami needs like someone who's going to be there all the time. I think this is someone who they could each go off and have their own adventures, but when they needed help, they take the other one with them and they completely have each other's back. But they'd also at times be fine just watching the other one do what they do and like just enjoying the spectacle of like, this person is my life and they're really good at what they do. And so I chose Wolverine as, <laughs> as Nami's pick. If Nami needed help, he'd be there, but he'd also be fine sitting back and drinking a beer and watching Nami go take care of everything that Nami needs to take care of. <laughs> and I think it would go the same way. You know, Nami just like, Wolverine, you go have your adventure. I'm going to go pirate over here. Uh, we'll meet back up in a month. <laughs> Let's see who's, who's got the better story. So Andrew, everything that Joseph said, uh-huh. Uh, up until he said the word Wolverine, just just put Kazuto in that place. That was a great. That was a great argument for Kazuto. Uh, um, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I know the character you're uh, of whom you speak. I just want you to enjoy the mental image of Wolverine just sitting back and watching Nami go fight, and like, he's just drinking beer and he's like, "I love her," <laughs> but he's not going to get involved. He's like, "This is her fight," unless unless. Unless she said help, or it yeah, unless, unless it actually doesn't becomes that, necessary. Doesn't that feel weird to you on some level? It's like I'm trying to reconcile it to give it a fair shake. <laughs> it's difficult. So, so yes, I understand what you're saying, Todd. I am trying, you know, for the sake of the game, to push past that and try to give it due uh, due diligence. Drum roll. You know, it's doing it for me. Joseph's got this one with Wolverine. What? 
it's, it's the dark horse of this. I am so excited right now. Uh, it's, like, that, is, that is the dark horse pick for this one. But like the way Joseph has sold it to me, I'm like, all right. Can you give us a standing as we shot. enter the final round? Okay. Uh, From Todd. the depths of hell. <laughs> <laughs> that video is amazing. Oh, that track star. Um, okay. We'll have a link in the show notes to the greatest comeback in track history. And the announcer at one point yells out, from the depths of hell, she's coming back. Um, so uh, including a round where everyone got a point, uh, Todd has four, uh, Joseph has four, and Alana has three. Oh, so really everyone could still be a winner. At this point. Yes. Literally everyone. It could be a winner. <laughs> or everyone is, has a chance. Yeah. It is real close, guys. All right. Uh, uh, I have uh, no confidence going into who's this. Who's leading off this pick? Uh, Alana just picked, so it's going to be uh, Todd. Todd, okay, your match so for Frodo. Frodo Baggins. Uh, last player, uh, Frodo Baggins. He's small. I'm specifically thinking from the movie. I'm more familiar good. with that than the book. Good. good. Uh, as was I. Uh, so Frodo Baggins, he's on a long adventure. Uh, he gets into a ton of danger. He needs somebody that can watch his back. Uh, he needs somebody that's small. Um, not necessarily human, but small. And he is from Lord of the Rings universe, which is pretty spectacular. And the only thing that could make the Lord of the Rings better is if it were somehow mashed up with Star Wars. And so I'm picking for Frodo's uh, lovely companion, Ahsoka Tano, from the Clone Wars. <laughs> but just just a, just like picture, replace her lightsabers with like Lord of the Rings sort of elvish, like swords. maybe glowing swords, glowing like, yeah. like Frodo magic, has, <laughs> glowing magic swords. And the way that she holds okay, her sword. Hold on, I gotta try and really get man. this mental image of replacing her lightsabers with glowing swords. <laughs> Give me a moment. I don't think yes. I can do that. Like. No. I really i I think this could be really cool. Hmm. Okay. I, I and I love. Although, isn't she like taller when she gets older? This is young. Ahsoka Tano. This will take care of okay. all of that. This is young Ahsoka Tano. And are we going and, like eight Frodo, Frodo. three Frodo? <laughs> Frodo's yeah, a young Frodo. guy. It's, it's like seventeen in Hobbit years. Yeah, young Frodo with young Ahsoka Tano. Okay. All right, so you, uh, I, it's kind of interesting that we just had to establish like the ages because I am going with like post journey frodo kind of a, a little bit broken uh and i'm that be, wound will never heal yeah you know. I, I, i'm pairing him with someone who's also has a few scars that they're bearing both emotionally and physically and i think together they can support each other as maybe they have one or two more adventures but also just head towards retirement at this point i am choosing zoe after the film serenity from the firefly universe that's sad but i think they need each other okay (laughs) okay yeah i I think they could uh rub some emotional balm in each other's wounds all right Uh, that made me so sad yeah it's a a mood killer is it still too soon to mention (laughs) zoe after the film (laughs) okay um this one, it was like, it got in my head and I was like, I have to do this one. Um, okay. So also we have uh, someone who is actually short. Um, someone who can give uh, Frodo the encouragement that he needs. Like, can like get him to like get his button gear, really. Um, someone who kind of like appreciates that he's like part of this larger in life sort of a thing. Um, but he can still re- 
she can still relate to him very much on a person to person level. Um, and so obviously I'm going with Edna mode. Edna <laughs> mode. <laughs> I mean, would she not get this boy to Mordor? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. an outstanding pick. <laughs> All right, well, Andrew, um, I think we are very low on time, so we got to wrap this up. Yeah, um, two up. And- I mean, there's a reason Frodo was the last one that, like, your your least confident pick collectively. Yeah. Um, because he really is pretty much like an asexual character. It's not part of his his character to be romantic. So if he was out in the dating game, yeah, and he had these three characters in front of him. Um. Oh man, these are these are some tough women. You're going to be hard on Frodo. I just have to say, if anybody goes back and looks at my browser history, they will see some of the strangest search, search queries ever. Uh, goodness, it's a, it, it's a, it's a three-way tie. No! It's Edna Mode. You all have four points in a ten-point game. It's Edna Mode? Yeah. Yay! For the full wow! Time. I uh, honestly did not think you were going to actually go for that one. Uh, I, I, it was my garbage pick that it would make everyone laugh. Yeah, I, I had no like <laughs> my Zoe pick. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for killing the mood, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there may some, be some legitimacy that those two could could have some things to talk about as they retire. Yeah. But uh, but I understand it was a mood killer. <laughs> yeah, I, there's no need to pick that. <laughs> I feel like I've been robbed on my on my uh, pick for Nami. I'll just uh, I, sure I just want to state you're, for you're the record. Positive. Yes. Todd, no I, one is ever allowed to whine about the results <laughs> in these, <in> these podcasts. <laughs> but I will say, I overall, I that was a heck of a game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so good work, everyone. And I am, I am satisfied with how well all of you did. Okay, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in iTunes, and please leave us a review there. Uh, if you're a new listener, just a note on our back catalog, we switched up our format a bit at episode 13, so our first dozen episodes are a bit meandering in terms of discussion and length. If you enjoyed this discussion tonight, we would re- recommend that you go back and listen to episode six and uh, uh, episode seven. Sorry, episode seven and episode sixty, which are our other Valentine's Day special drafts. Uh, links to things we've talked about in this episode are at protagonistpodcast.com. That's also where you can find a list of all of our shows. You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at protagonistpod, at Todd K. Mack, and at Jay Dorowski. Our producer, Andrew, is at Andrew underscore Dorowski. And Alana, are you on uh, Twitter? Barely. Uh, it's hey. P-I-Soprano, P-I-Soprano, but okay, doesn't matter if... You can Our, say hi, uh, I probably won't be around. <laughs> if you want to find Alana, a great place to find her is uh, commenting on our Facebook fan page at protag- uh, facebook.com slash protagonist podcast. We have really good conversations there with all of our listeners and would love for you to say hello anytime. If you would like to support the show financially, there are a few different ways you can do that. You can buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation by clicking on the support link on our homepage or to or you can go to patreon.com slash protagonist. All supporters on Patreon also receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we break down newly released 
films and trailers. You can also go to protagonistpodcast.com slash Amazon to make all of your Amazon purchases. Just a reminder, it looks exactly like regular Amazon and costs you nothing more, but we get a small kickback from your purchase. And finally, don't forget to sign up for a 30-day free trial of audible.com by going to audibletrial.com slash protagonist. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back again next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. So long. Okay. <laughs> this is really like. Do we cut, do we dare call a tie? A three way tie. <laughs> mine, mine was as good as your guys. It's, uh... <laughs>